0: Chapter Three of Eddie of Jackson's Gang by Brother Ernest Ryan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Three Winning Warbles. After supper was over, the boys hastily washed and prepared themselves for evening services. All were anxious to hear little Eddie sing. Not that it was an extraordinary thing for them to do so but because they all realized it was the last time, perhaps, that they would have the opportunity, for their little friend was to leave in the morning. There was no jealousy among these boys, such as is often found when one seems to be better liked than the others. On the contrary, they all were happy to think that they had Eddie among them, and sorrowed only because he was leaving. That attitude was the result of their training, the sisters led lives of constant sacrifice themselves, and they instilled into the lives of their charges a like spirit of humility and love of others. This evening the boys did not engage in the usual recreations. There was something sad in the atmosphere about the place. Here and there little groups were gathered, but scarcely a sound could be heard. The summer sun was lowering, and the deep reddish glow, together with the soft breeze of the evening, made the lads a little drowsy. Then, too, the mental depression that each felt was conductive to quietness. "'What? No games tonight?' asked Sister Teresa, who knew only too well what the trouble was. "'No, I don't feel like playing tonight, sister,' responded a little dark complexioned lad who sat on a porch swing. "'Where is Benny?' asked Sister Teresa suddenly. "'I haven't seen him for some time, sister.' "'Well, you'll have to help cheer him up if Eddie goes.' THE SISTER TOLD THEM, BENNY'S HAVING A HARD TIME KEEPING HIS PALS. EDDIE WAS NOT SEEN AMONG HIS FRIENDS, FOR THEY WERE BUT A FEW MINUTES NOW BEFORE THE CHAPEL BELL WILL CALL THEM ALL IN FOR SERVICES. THE altar CANDLES WERE BURNING. SOME OF THE FLOCK'S BLOSSOMS BEHIND WHICH THE TWO LADS HAD HIDDEN THEMSELVES IN THE AFTERNOON WERE NOW UPON THE altar. DOWN IN ONE OF THE FRONT PEWS SAT LITTLE BENNY, PATIENTLY WAITING FOR THE PRIEST TO COME UPON THE SCENE. THEN THE BELL RANG. The orphan boys passed into their places and a few minutes later mother rose leading the mother general walked down the middle aisle and sat just behind little ben now all was quiet for a moment the servers and the priests passed into the sanctuary the altar was arranged and after a profound genuflection on the part of priests and acolytes the eucharistic king was exposed for the adoration of his little ones how jesus loved these his children it must have reminded his sacred heart of the time when he had to forbid his disciples to send the little ones away. And what prayers must have welled up from these small hearts to the God of tenderness and love? We could not imagine a place where Jesus would more delight to dwell than here, among his poor little orphans. Did not he himself say, For of such is the kingdom of heaven? A grand flood of notes burst from the organ, a thrill ran through the assembly, a moment's silence followed by another passionate burst of music perfect silence once more then a clear silvery note softly swelling until the vaulted ceiling re-echoed the sound and eddie was unconsciously bringing all hearts closer to jesus o Then the soft notes of the organ could be heard accompanying the wondrous strains. Bella La roba Tears came to Mother Rose's eyes. When had Eddie ever sung so sweetly? How she hated to part with him! Could Jackson not take one of the other little boys? This was indeed a cross for the sister, but after a moment's sorrow she told herself she must accept and bear it for the sake of what Jesus had borne when he left his blessed mother to go out into the cruel world to suffer and to die for us. Nor was Mother Rose the only one who wept. Tears streamed down the other sister's cheeks, and even Father Smith felt a thrill in his priestly heart to which he could not give expression. Heretofore he had deeply enjoyed the child's singing. But that was all now ah perhaps he would never hear his little friend again that was the cause of his emotion this benediction he would offer up for eddie that the boy should always remain a devout catholic through whatever trials might come upon him and greatly did eddie need this blessing who would have dreamed of the terrible things that he must yet suffer usually the other choir boys joined in with their leader at the second stanza and sang the whole of the Tantamergo in unison. But it was to be their last chance to hear the little songbird, and Mother Rose had told him to sing both hymns alone. Ui, vi, tam, si, ne, the clear, sweet voice sang Termino, the end. He held that note as if, child though he was, he knew how applicable his prayer was to the occasion the sound lowered almost beyond hearing the organ throbbed and hushed to patria then once more his voice rose to its highest pitch gradually swelling and dying away the moving appeal oh grant us endless length of days in our true native land with thee made mother rose falter briefly in her resolution well she would have loved to keep eddie but the mount's income was small and jackson would have none of the other children mother rose therefore felt obliged to consent to the boys leaving it was a very difficult matter for her to get sufficient funds to keep up the orphanage and it was her duty though it often went against her will to let the boys go whenever a good catholic home could be procured for them nor was it often that any one came to adopt a child people in general seemed to be too much given to selfish pleasure ever to think of bringing up children who are not their own. If such people would only remember the words of Christ, telling them that whatever they do for one of his least brethren, they do for him. Things might be very different for orphaned little ones. After benediction was over, Mother Rose and the Mother General walked out upon the veranda. Mother Rose, said the older nun, in all my experience with children, I have never heard one of them sing like that if that voice develops properly later on eddie will be a grand opera singer he does have a marvelous voice mother general we have been watching it carefully we do hope he will become famous for we greatly need the aid of important people if we are to continue our good work here would you mind sending for the boy mother rose i'd like to have a talk with him mother rose called one of the orphans and told him to find eddie for her and within a couple of minutes the boy stood before them you have a wonderful voice, my dear child, the mother general told him. Take good care of it. It is a gift from God. If you have the opportunity, develop it. Take lessons from a good teacher. Just then, Sister Adelaide appeared on the scene. Sister Adelaide, the mother general turned to her, you are a great musician. I understand you have been teaching Eddie. Yes, mother, I have. But I have come here to tell you that you are wanted on the phone. The busy nun arose. I hope to hear from you again eddie she addressed the child in leave-taking god bless you and with that mother general and sister adelaide left and eddie stood there with good mother rose when you leave us eddie said mother rose earnestly be sure to pray hard and to receive holy communion as often as possible it is by that means especially that you will get strength to fight against the enemies of your salvation i would like to promise to go to holy communion every morning mother as i have been doing here but I don't know whether I will be living where I can do it, and I wouldn't like to make a promise I couldn't keep. I'll not ask you to promise that, Eddie, but I will ask you to promise me not to forget to say your three Hail Marys every night for our dear lady's protection. That I'll promise, mother. I have never forgotten them since you first told me, and I feel sure that I never will. You know, dear child, that I would like to keep you here with us," continued Mother Rose, "'But Mr. Jackson insists upon having you, and I'm afraid I'll have to let you go. "'I'm sure you'll have a nice place, and you can come to see me at any time. "'Remember, you can always call St. Joseph your home, and Mother Rose your mother.' "'I would like to stay for Benny's sake,' Eddie said. "'Then, too, I'm afraid of Mr. Jackson, Mother. "'I have seen very few men in my lifetime that I remember, but this one looks cruel to me. "'Didn't you notice his eyes?' I must say I didn't, Eddie, What was different about them. He never looked at anyone when he was talking to them. His eyes shifted most of the time. Mother Rose was a little disturbed by these words, but she remembered that it was only a child speaking, and she put down his feeling to his sorrow at leaving. However, she said, Remember this, my child. You can always come back to us if you are not well treated. No matter where you are, let me know, and I'll send for you." "'Mount St. Joseph will never turn you away.' "'I'm glad of that, mother,' replied Eddie gratefully. "'I'm very thankful for all that you have done for me. "'You and the other sisters have been very good to me "'and to all the boys. "'We may not say it often, but we appreciate it.' "'When you are a man and earning a living for yourself,' "'said Mother Rose, smiling at him, "'I hope that you will remember this place "'and help us in our need.' "'I will surely remember the good sisters,' he promised." with that mother rose bade eddie good-night and he noticing the time made off to the dormitory there he found that most of his playmates had already prepared for bed that night eddie had a dream he found himself in a fine home with a large lawn on which pretty flowers pansies lilies and even large crimson flocks were artistically arranged in spacious beds birds of many kinds robins wrens larks finches sang in the trees and a bright fountain played in a nearby grove. But where was this beautiful home? It seemed in some way familiar to him, and yet he could not say definitely where he was. But better than the fine surroundings was a sweet lady whom, in the dream, he knew to be his mother, and in the same way as before the poor child seemed to recognize her. Now she was leading him through the garden to a large swing. There, drawing him to her side, she spoke lovingly to him and told him of his father, who had been killed. Pray for Daddy every day. He may need our prayers far more than we think. I will pray for him, Mama. I will always remember him. In his dream, poor little Eddie tried to recall a masculine face. He was just about to ask the lovely lady what his father's name was, when he felt something pressing his arm, and a voice said, What is the matter, Eddie? He opened his eyes, and there stood Mother Rose. It was time to get up but for a moment the boy did not know where he was. "'Oh, Mother, I have been dreaming of my home, of Papa and mamma. I wonder where they are. I have not dreamed of them for so long now, but they seem so real.' Then Benny's voice could be heard. "'Is Eddie going away already?' "'No, lad, he must go to Mass and have breakfast first. Mr. Jackson said he would be here at nine o'clock.' "'I'll be ready in time, Mother,' Eddie promised.' But Benny broke in with, "'Oh, Mother, please, please let Eddie stay with me. He's the only friend I have now that Tom has left. You said he could stay with me.' "'I know it, Benny,' she tried to comfort the little boy. "'But Mother Rose cannot help it. You know I would like to have him stay. But what can I do? I would like to keep you all.' "'Don't cry, Benny,' put in Eddie. "'Perhaps some nice lady will come to get you soon. And then you'll be happy.' Won't that be nice? No, said Benny flatly. I don't want to go. Not even with nice people? No, Benny was very emphatic. The time passed quickly, and shortly after nine o'clock, Mr. Jackson called. Both Eddie and Benny saw him come up to the office. For a moment they thought of hiding again, but they sensed that it would do no good. Then Jackson stood before them. So you are all ready to go with me, my little lad he said in a voice he strove to make agreeable. Mrs. Jackson was delighted when I told her that I was able to get a boy who looks so much like our own child. You cannot imagine how happy you will make her, and she is badly in need of comfort. She has suffered so much since our time of bereavement. "'But I don't like to leave Mother Rose, Mr. Jackson,' said Eddie honestly. "'I like it so much right here.' "'But you will surely like it with me, too, Eddie. "'You don't know what a nice place we have.' Tears came to Eddie's eyes, though he tried his best to keep them back. Benny, too, was crying, but he made no effort to conceal it. "'These boys certainly like each other, don't they?' Mother rose, said the man with a good imitation of sympathy. "'There is a wonderful family spirit here, Mr. Jackson,' replied the warm-hearted sister. "'Don't cry, Benny,' Jackson said to the little boy. "'Eddie can come to see you sometime. "'We have the car and can easily run down to get you.' as soon as mrs jackson is able to be out again we shall often drive past here and can take you along for a ride if mother rose is willing to let you go to be sure he can go mr jackson replied mother rose happily just let me know at any time and i'll have him ready the final arrangements were made for eddie's departure the papers were drawn up and signed in the presence of mother rose father smith and a lady known to the sisters who happened to be visiting the mount at the time it was with the deepest sorrow that the boy tore himself from the sisters and from the other lads, especially Benny, who was inconsolable. I'll come to see you again some day, Benny. Goodbye. With that, Eddie was off into a world he little dreamed of, and one into which Mother Rose, with all her wide experience, had never put her foot. If she had but known what Eddie was to face, no consideration could have induced her to let him go. End of CHAPTER 3. RECORDING BY MARIA THERESE